Welcome to Yo House. Today on our pod, we have Jared Blandino, founder of the popular makeup brand Too Faced. He started from working the makeup counter at Estee Lauder to launching a brand that would end up getting bought by the very same company for one and a half billion dollars. He has such a beautiful zest for business, art, and life. We hope you enjoy. Well, let's start off like this. This is tell people about your growing up years. Like, tell us like if people were to know you, what. What do they know about your early years and some of the milestones of your life that were significant, painful Um, and joyful? I was a creative kid my whole life, Um, very, very sensitive. I thought my stuffed animals were alive. I believed in the magic of life. Um, But always, 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 always very connected to God, spiritually um, aware at a very young age. Um, So I had a guiding force in my life from the very beginning, uh, very personal relationship with God, but it was a child's relationship um, that I kind of took into adulthood, which was interesting until I met you. But, um, you know, just the kid that that truly wanted everyone to win, that wanted um, peace and love and happiness and, you know, everyone to get chocolate and sugary and just the sweet, the sweet stuff. You know, I was, I was never interested in anything, um, you know, like scary, I didn't watch scary movies. I, you know, even to this day, I don't. Like, it's just not who I am. And I, I like to live my life in the light and, and try to do the best I can, not only for myself and my family, but for everyone around me, you know? You know yeah, and, and tell me, like, what were some of the happiest parts of your life when you were growing up? What were the happy moments like? You know, I just had a great childhood. Honestly, <clears throat> I, 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 I had, you know, Santa Claus brought me a horse a pony for Christmas one year that my friend Jeannie Maya loves to make fun of me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just had a really happy childhood, but also because I was so sensitive and I was sheltered, I think my, my dad was a very macho Italian, a self-made just guy. Um, he came from kind of a very blue collar, you know, rougher um, world than I did. My mom came from very like a totally different life. You know, I had politicians and lawyers and doctors on that side and my dad had like scrappy Italian so I had this beautiful mix of both um but I had, I had a pretty I had a pretty great childhood I mean but you know being being an artistic kid growing up to be an artistic person uh, I made a choice a long time ago to leave my heart open which 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 allows for a certain sense certain amount of pain and a certain amount of you know a part of life that's not always easy to handle, but you just have to keep yourself open and, and, and take it on the chin. You know, when you're growing up, the kids say some really tough stuff sometimes. They'll say some mean things, even when they grow up into teenage years and adulthood. But there are yeah. certain labels and words that this, they hurt you. When yeah. you think about those moments, like what were some of the things that people were projecting on you or they were, trying to, they were hurting you? When you think about that, what, what comes to mind? You know, it, it was adults more than it was children for me. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I think I, I learned very early on to use humor and popularity as a, as, a, as a shield. So I learned really early on that I wasn't like the other boys. And I, you know, I liked, you know, I, I'd rather play house with the girls, but, you know, I got, I got to make sure everybody thinks I'm funny. So, I, you know, I, 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 everyone likes me, you know, otherwise you're a target. It was, it was the adults. Uh, growing up who would point out the fact that I was either something was wrong with me or I was different or, you know, I, I told you this is super personal, but I think I was three or four years old and I was at like a Bible camp during the summer and I was pulled a, a pulled away from the group and uh, a group of adults prayed over me as though there was something wrong with me because I think I was, you know, playing with a doll or whatever. And those were the moments, honestly, that, <clears throat> that, left a mark more than some kids saying something because I don't know I always grew up I was the kind of person who always grew up and thought you don't get it you can come at me however you want but I didn't believe it I was like you don't get it you don't get it you don't get it um and I feel like that was a big part of my success I didn't believe it when my mother or father wanted me to take the safe road uh you just don't get it you know I never thought there I actually never thought there was something wrong with me thought Mm. they just didn't get it um but that was when I was old enough to kind of feel that you know yeah what was it that was catalytic for you to kind of like own who you are was there like somebody that came to your life was there an experience that made you say you know what i just got to be me like when was that moment what was that like you mean like authentically me yeah uh, authentically that, you 
that just happened. Honestly, it's sad, but that just happened a couple of years ago when I met you. I, I, um, I had built such a strong persona and built such a strong kind of character that I couldn't feel any of it. And I got, I ended up getting very, very um, severe mercury poisoning. I never even heard of mercury poisoning. Um, I, I was been a vegetarian for 32 years and just because I don't love food and I needed to eat and I believed what my doctor was saying, I hired a chef who made me a salad with a scoop of tuna on it every day. So I thought, okay, I'll eat fish. So for three years, and I don't love food, and this is weird for people, but I would eat the same thing every day. Because for me, it was just something I had to get done. I had to get off to my next meeting with. And I ended up getting very, very sick. And um, mercury poisoning kind of cracks you open physically, but also emotionally, which, which, it allowed, which it allowed for me to actually unpack all this crap that I needed to unpack and you were instrumental in that for me. So thank you so much for that. Like you saved me to, in, a, in, a, in a period where I needed saving. And um, I, like you said, I, we had just sold Too Faced. My last job was at the mall guys. So my last job was at the mall. Uh, Jeremy and I created Too Faced, you know, in my brain, he's the business guy. He's the most amazing innate businessman you'll ever meet. Uh, we were both in our early twenties and um, you know, we just just went our own way and, ju and just did it. But I don't know, coming through, building something from nothing and creating something from nothing and then selling it. With, with the, when God dreams bigger than you do, I guess this is what I'm trying to articulate. I never dreamt as big as what became of my life. And at one point uh, we sold Two Faced, to Estee Lauder, the only company I ever worked for. So that's kind of musical in its own self for a, about a billion and a half dollars. And at a time where you would think I would have been over the moon, every dream has, you know, every door is opened, every dream's come true. I was at a point in my life where I, I would be in the shower crying and I, I just wanted out. I just wanted out. And that to me, was like the low point. So where everyone thought I should be up here, wow. through whatever means, I God brought, broke me open and I needed to open it up and empty it out and figure it out. Because had I continued on the way I was continuing with that kind of money and success and power and notoriety, because then, because then the whole world starts looking at you. So even though we, you know, we have the number one mascara in the world, we created glitter eyeshadow. I have the number one lip gloss in the world with one skew, it's called lip injection. Um, even though we had achieved these things, the industry at large kind of saw us as, oh, they're trend or they're fashion or like, don't really pay attention. But when we sold our company for more than anyone had sold a cosmetic company up until that point, the world looked at us, right? We started getting awards and people were inviting us to everything we were never invited to before. Um, and that, can, that in itself can mess with your head. Oh yeah. Uh, and so in the end, it was a gift to be brought to my knees and to go through the healing journey. Um, and it kept me ultimately happy, you know, yeah. and healthy. Yeah, you know, when, when you, you kind of gave an overview of your journey, um, you know, from behind, you know, as a clerk almost, like a salesperson with Estee Lauder. Yeah. Um, what were like some of the things that help you to move forward when you got discouraged? Like, what did you do? What were some of the practices you would go after? Or who would you see? Or what, what's the process you would do? Just like in general, through, the, through my career? Yeah, just as you look back, what were those things that you go, you know what, I look back, I did these things that probably helped me. It, it, ultimately, it's self-belief. It's belief in yourself, belief in your idea. The world needs this, the world wants it. And to learn just as much or more from your failures than you do your successes. And to never give up. And when you think you're going left and God opens a door to the right, you go walk through the door. And all the time this happens, all the time, I'll be like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand this. For me, it feels like everything's falling apart, but I trust you and I'm going to follow. I'm going to walk in. Everybody thinks I know what I'm doing. I'm just making, I'm putting one foot in front of the other and I'm just, figuring it out as we go sometimes and, and you just have to trust because if you try to control everything it's impossible yeah. it'll, it'll you know, it, crack you open and break you down 
Oh yeah, for sure. You know, what's fascinating to me, and I think this may be enlightening for others is you mentioned how you were at the pinnacle place in terms of just wealth, success that you've ever been, and that you were really unhappy. So I want to kind of like touch that just for a moment. So what brings you uh, happiness? What brings you joy now? What have you found to be significant to you when, when everything's topsy-turvy? What's your, what's your anchor that you rest upon? You know, for me, it's having a grounded adult relationship with Christ. Hmm. Um, I believed growing up, I knew I was different. And then I, I heard things. I heard my friends' parents say things. And I grew up feeling like, um, I'm not sure God loves me. And maybe I'm wrong. And I, and I would ask for forgiveness 500 times a day. I had a plan. If I get in a car accident, Jared, you can't die. You've got to ask for God's forgiveness before you die. I had to plan it out. I, you know, I had just, I, I, it, it was just such a stressful way of living. But, but I thought ultimately everybody did that kind of. I didn't, you know, it was all I knew. And to have peace, which is something I never experienced. But I also want you to know, that unsettled feeling, I think, was a part of my success, ultimately. I never turned off my engine. I never got comfortable. I never sunk into a pillow. You don't understand? I always kept myself uncomfortable mm. because I was used to being uncomfortable. Because in the end, as a kid, I, I wasn't sure God loved me. I wasn't sure I was going to go to heaven with my family. I wasn't sure I was okay. Because even though I knew in my soul and my heart I was, people were telling me differently. Um, mm. And ultimately for me, happiness comes from the truly loving yourself and, and allowing yourself to be loved and to love without mm. any of the shit getting involved. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just so that those of you who are listening, I didn't know, you know, Jared's going to respond that way that he's going to mention God. But I think it's important to note with Yo House, you know, we're not religious, but we're spiritual. And uh, we, you know, we, we, we address questions of transcendence, meaning, purpose, significance. So we're, we're unashamed to do that. And we're also unashamed to, to say that a lot of us believe in Jesus, but we would never impose Jesus upon you. Because I know we have agnostics, atheists that join us, and we're really happy that you're part of our community. So we hope you always feel like, that, you know, free here, feel, feel open, and no, don't feel pressure. But I really love this, I, you know, because to me, I'm a spiritual person. I, I believe in Jesus. You know, one, one of the moments I remember um, in your house with your little dog, too. Yeah. Your little dog. And, uh, He's here yeah. somewhere. <laughs> He's the cutest dog ever. He's running around somewhere, yes. <laughs> and then I remember seeing Jeremy, too. And, and I remember you guys were just getting the houses ready. Things were shifting and changing. Yeah. But, but there was a powerful moment to me where I, my heart just felt connected to you. Do you remember that moment where you just started like feeling like deeply emotional? Can you share that? Would you be willing to share what, ha what were you going through at that moment? Well, at the time I met you, um, I really needed to meet you. And I feel like whatever you believe, of course, we, we, we love everyone. We love you. And, and we, we, um, I'm only sharing my truth and where I am, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, without, without any expectation or anything. Of course. Um, when I met you, I was at a point in my life where, like I told you, I had, I had achieved more than I ever thought I could. The, the entire world was looking. I was happy. I, was, I had love. Um, I've been with my husband 25 years this year. Um, uh, a very traditional, monogamous, boring <laughs> relationship that you know mm -hmm. that that I was told you couldn't have or uh, mm -hmm. you know you, you know I just I had achieved it but um I it ultimately was that child terrified he was going to go to hell or he wasn't loved or he wasn't good enough or he wasn't right or there was something wrong with him um that I at any moment was was ready to be taken was ready to be um you know to be punished for who I was. And man, I'll tell you, this is, I was low. I was low, low, low. And a lot of it had to do with, with my being sick, not handling emotions well. I mean, mercury poisoning has stages. And once you get to the point where you're going numb and you're feeling faint, 
Mm-hmm. Like death is the next stage. I was off the charge. I was feeling mm-hmm. all that. I was not all of that. So I was bad. Mm-hmm. But it affects the way you handle emotions and the way you handle stress and things. And yeah. when you came in, I just wanted out. I just wanted out. And I didn't want to kill myself, but I, I wanted out. Like if there was a button, I would have pushed it. And you came in and you were the beginning of me meeting someone who I told my truth to and I told who I was. I was just, I just exposed who I am and what I want. And, and you loved me and you lifted me up and you said, we're going to get through this and you're, you're perfect for exactly who you are. And this character that I created, you know, the thing is guys, if you're famous or you're very successful, you'll understand this. You almost start allowing people to love that caricature of you and they, yeah. you don't expect them to love you. Right. You know what I mean? You give them what they expect, but right. you don't, you, you stop believing they love you for you. And mm-hmm. even though that's kind of twisted, you, you, you start believing that without the millions of dollars, you don't have value. Without your ability to create, you don't have any value. Without you being that guy, you don't have any value. And I stopped valuing myself and started allowing everybody to just only value the character or that other part of me, you know? Well, Jared, I want to reaffirm you again because it's, 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 it's been a while since I've seen you and have been able to talk to you intimately. But every time I see you, I want you to know how that day changed my life too. Um, and let me how tell so? you how. Okay, so... <laughs> Number one, I saw how vulnerable you were and and I saw how honest you were. Like to me, it's hard to find people that are so honest and vulnerable, number one, and authentic. And I never saw someone as authentic as you in that moment. And wow. you and you you broke, you know, to me, you broke down and you were just burying your deepest fears. And and to me, literally in that moment, as you were crying. Uh, I felt like Jesus suddenly came into my body and, wow. and I saw, I felt like I saw you as he saw you. And I just, I started losing it. I started crying and I go, this is such a wonderful man. This guy is like a child that's so loved by God. And, yeah, and you said that, and you know what, for the first time in my adult life, I started to believe that in that moment. Well, I tell you, it changed my life because I looked at you and I said, you know what, there's going to be a lot more people in heaven than we think. And I said, you know, we, we, we close ourselves out sometimes really easily because of our own fears. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're going we're to be surprised how gracious God is. I absolutely first. believe that. As, you know, Dave, I was, God doesn't love me in spite of me being gay. He loves me because I'm gay. He made me this way for a purpose, and I have a purpose, and I'm trying to figure that out now. You know, I know as crazy as this sounds, I wasn't put on this earth to be a makeup mode. I don't know what it is yet, but I know that I have a truth, and I have a purpose, and I need to share it. Because if I had met anyone like me, for five seconds as a kid, it would have given me an option at a life that I wanted, that I was told wasn't for me, or wasn't, al- wasn't allowed for me. You know, building a, building a company, guys, like, in the very, very end, everything's impossible, right? It's impossible. Who's going to do it? Everything's impossible. You have to believe in the magic and the miracles of life and, and the gifts that God gave you, because only you have those gifts. And whether you're going to be the best plumber in the whole world, the best mother, the best makeup mogul, the best athlete, whatever it is, you've been given a, a, a set of tools that you will either sharpen or you will let them get so dull they kind of become useless. So I say sharpen your gifts, sharpen your tools. Don't meet anyone else's expectations of you. Meet your own. You've got dreams in you that you must fulfill. You have a purpose in you that you were born to fulfill. And just because someone loves you doesn't mean they see it. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people who loved me who didn't see it and tried to man me up, make me more masculine, make me, you know, take the safe road. You know, when I left Saks, I was, that's where I worked. Uh, I would think I was the highest paid or one of the highest paid people in the store. My parents were like, don't leave. What are you doing? You know, what you take the safe road. You have a path. But if you have a purpose and a dream and God keeps 
it eats at you. You have to do it. It's your, it's why you're here. Mm, wow. Woo, I'm ready to go. Do you feel that energy? I tell you what, man. Uh, hey, listen, um, I think it's really important for people too. When you, cause I feel like you're such a person that's relational. You feel people like, you know, you'll feel, feel them in a room. You can feel what they're feeling. Um, yeah. How do you trust people? Because you've, you've had betrayals. You've had people that are close to you that you, you know, they did things that maybe they shouldn't be doing. You've had to do, you, you've had to make decisions as a business person that you wouldn't make as a family member necessarily. How, yeah. how, how do you work through all the trust stuff and, and the relational betrayals or, or disappointments? What do you do? It, it's honestly a choice. You have to choose to not be bitter. You have to choose to not see or expect the worst in everyone. You have to choose to be open enough to allow, thank you, to allow love in, to allow, you know, we all get jaded and we all get hurt and we all build up calluses and, and, and they can develop around your heart and then, you know, around your spirit. And you need to be smart, cautious, but you have to choose to stay open. And for a very long time, I was closed. And Jeannie Mai is a perfect example. She kept coming at me and she kept coming at me. And I thought I didn't have room in my life for <laughs> people who loved me, you know? Uh -huh. And this girl kept coming at me and, she, and, I, and she loves me. She loved me, not him, not the guy, she loved me. And then, uh -huh. you know, the more you allow yourself to experience that, you know, it's rare. Um, yeah. but you, it's out there and you can't become cynical because once you become cynical, you're, you're just like, you're dead. Like you, you, you can't feel anything properly anymore. You know? Yes. That's so good, man. That's such great advice, such wisdom to share, you know, with one who's had to deal with many different hardships and hard relationships. But I've seen how Jeannie goes after you too. And she goes after all of us. Her love's always going to be there. Just like she yours loves. is. Yeah. I know that she loves, loves deep. Yeah, she does. Yeah. I, hey, um, you know, right now, the COVID situation, the pandemic, with all the negativity in the atmosphere, people are stuck. People are going to lose jobs. Yeah. Um, what, when you feel stuck, too, you know, Jared, what do you do to keep being creative? What are some of the things you think about or do? You know, I, I tend to activate. I'm, I'm an activator. Like, I, I, you know, if I start feeling a certain way, my, my reaction is to make something happen. So I, I tend to activate and, you know, part of that, I started baking. I couldn't bake and I needed a creative outlet and I wasn't able to be creative in the way I had been and I needed to be creative. And I just started baking guys and I don't know how to bake, but I started baking and I put it on Instagram and all the, these new opportunities have come in and I get the highest engagement when I bake and, you know, things just start percolating and, and then you start getting offers and, People want me on TV shows to bake. Like, hey, what? Like, you know, it's almost funny to me, but I love it. So I just feel like when, when you're feeling like the world is closing in or it's getting darker, it's your job to punch holes in it, create, to, to create light, to, to create color, to throw glitter around, whatever it is, a basketball, I don't know, whatever, whatever you do. But um, don't sit still, activate. Because I think yes. once you sit still, you're given, you know? Yeah, you know, I love this. And this is what he did with Two-Face. Because, you know, the, the, the thing that was popular when he started Two-Face was the gothic, the dark black look. He brought in the glam. He brought in the pink, the vibrant. He brought the joy. He brought yeah. in the, you know, he, yeah. he celebrated femininity. Yes. There's a whole category in beauty now called, it's called <clears throat> pink. And, you know, when I created Better Than Sex Mascara, <laughs> First of all, they said you can't call it better than sex. And then they said you can't put a mascara in a pink tube, nobody will buy it. And they told me you can't put chocolate in a bronzer, nobody will buy it. You can't put peach in an eyeshadow palette, nobody will want it. And these are all things that literally have changed you know, the, the industry. So you, you gotta believe in yourself. And honestly, sometimes you gotta use resistance as your catalyst to, I, sometimes I need something to push against because you know, sometimes it's healthy. And when everybody loves everything you do, I hate people to kiss my ass. I actually hate it, I don't trust it. Um, <laughs> but I, love, I like people to support me, but I don't want people to kiss my ass. But sometimes I need that, you know, uh, I, when I was creating the peach palette, which is 18 colors, it was uh, originally eight. 
And I walked into this corporate room and all, all my executives are all sitting around, you know, and uh, they're like, we, we really don't think, you know, people are going to want this. And I was like, uh, first of all, not only are they going to want it, now I'm, I'm, I made it twice. Now it's 18. So keep coming at me. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to believe in the idea, but you have to believe in me. And when I tell you I'm feeling it, you better ask to get behind me. You know what I mean? What I learned is that you need some, you need people around you that, that dance to your rhythm. For a long time, I would try to dance to other people's beat in my world, in my creative world. And I thought it was selfish to expect people to kind of always dance to my beat, if that makes sense. And I realized that's part of, that's part of it. You got to bring people around who can dance to your beat. And you don't have to get the idea or believe in the idea, but you must believe in me. And when I tell you we're doing it, get, get on board or go home. Woo! Okay. You know? All right, so this is so good. I, I know we want to get other people involved in this conversation. I know you're antsy, ready to ask some questions or give some feedback. You know, Jer, we have some wonderful young leaders from around the world, from Brazil, Mexico City, here in LA, New York. You Fantastic. Met one of them, you met one of them early, you know, Princess. Princess! princess. Yeah, Princess, I know you got some more questions. So do you have a question or a comment that you'd like to start start the whole thing off with? Um, sure. How did you come up with the name Two-Faced and like okay. Two-Faced was a term that I created with my friends behind the beauty counter back in the day for women who took their look way too seriously. Like they were difficult. Like God forbid we were out of her signature lipstick shade. She would freak out. And I'd be like, be careful, this one's two-faced, but I love them. Like, they're two about their looks, you know what I mean? They, they put way too much into the way they looked, but they were my favorite because they were obsessed, and I loved them. Nice. Good job. Follow-up, Princess, you good? Um, what's the biggest challenge in business ownership? Okay. The biggest <laughs> challenge in, in, in my world is hiring great people. I like to hire people who know more than I do in an area. Don't be afraid or intimidated to hire people who know more than you do. Um, not in your lane, of course, in your lane, you, you know, you, you, you need to be the expert, but hire amazing people that you, that you not only trust and admire and appreciate, but are fans of, that you respect and you, you know what I mean? You love what they do. And then to, and then in the end is to follow your heart and follow your gut. Cause it, uh, oftentimes, it looks like it's easier. I hate easy. Princess, I hate easy. Greatness does not come from easy. I don't want anything easy. You know what yeah. I mean? Easy's bad. So um, <laughs> just, just continue to fight for greatness. Don't That's... settle for good or yeah. easy. Love that. I love that. That's yeah, so if good. I'm in a production meeting and they're like, oh, I like it. How much do you like it? It's good. I hate it. I don't want to see it. Don't even send it to me. You know what I mean? I don't want good. Want great. Who wants good? You know, we want great. Yeah. Right? Nice. That's, nice. that's good. That's so good. Okay. I mean, that's so great. All right. Uh, suit. I, I see guy. Okay. This guy is one of my friends from. Uh, I I met him in uh, Indonesia. Okay. And I found out he's the brother of one of the leaders I work with, Rahana, and his name's Sutan. He, he won like RuPaul's, you know, drag queen thing, season three yeah. or something, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. Sutan, I, I see you on here. I can't believe you're on here, man. Hi, Sutan. What's happening? Can you, can you, can you, can you turn on your mic, Sutan? Is he there? He left or he's on mute. I did it. Did I do it? Oh, there we you're go. Here. You're on. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Sutan, what's up? Hi, guys. Oh, you know, I'm just dealing. I'm hanging out. I'm, uh, I, I'm enjoying this conversation because I'm, I'm finding a lot of inspiration through it. Uh, in the sameness of like, you know, we were talking about finding creativity in these times, and so that is very relatable to me. And I, I'm, it's nice to hear these, this being talked about. So I'm glad to be here. Nice oh, to good. see you. <laughs> nice to meet you. You know, and I found like just connecting to creative people has really helped me. People I admire, um, pe people I'm fans of, that's, that's the funnest. You know what I mean? That's the coolest is that when you get to bring friends, someone that you're a fan of and you get to 
see that creativity even on a deeper level and a more meaningful level, experience it um, from the inside is just such a gift. You know what I mean? So to share that with mm -hmm. others and to experience that just um, adds more colors to your, to your crown box. That's so good. Well, Sutan, we're glad you're with us, man. We, are you, if you have any, any other comments, let me know, man. Just I'm listening, I'm watching. Okay, buddy. All right. Hey, I, I want to turn over to Caitlin. Caitlin, um, Caitlin's another one of our high schools that we always go back. She's part of our core leadership of Yo House. Caitlin, you have any questions or comments that you'd like to add? actually do. Um, okay. I wanted to refer, hi, hi, first of all, hi, I'm Caitlin. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, I wanted to refer back to when you were talking about how you hit your breaking point and you were putting on this mask, this persona to kind of live up to other people's expectations. I feel like my generation is like, they highly focus on mental health and yeah. self-care. And I just wanted to get your perspective on like that whole process and how it led you to be able to believe in yourself and self-express yourself. Yeah, I think it's so wonderful today how people are so aware of how they feel. They check in with themselves. They're not afraid to express um, any, any pain. Um, they don't see it as weakness. They see it as just another part of being healthy and happy. And that is so amazing. What a gift to grow up like that. Um, you know, I, I think that once I, once I gave in to the idea that I wasn't well, once I allowed myself to be weak, um, you know, I had a moment where Jeremy, I was in the kitchen, it was a Sunday morning, and I was watching church on, um, on my iPad. And he came down and something that the pastor had said just hit me. It was, it was about giving in, giving up, letting go. And I just, I literally felt the weight of the world kind of like, I gave into it. You know, does that make sense? I, I accepted it. And then, I, and then he came downstairs and I cried and we hugged and I told him like, I need, I'm not okay. And I never said that, like I never said that. And it, it's so important that you're um, able to just feel how you're feeling and to, to take the time and the energy to be mentally healthy and emotionally healthy. Because without that, for me, you know, physical pain for me is um, far, it's, it's just different. They're, they're both horrible. Do you know what I mean? Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not excruciating. Do you know? So, yeah. I hope That's I answered so your question. But she, you did. Great job. Hey, Stephanie Walton had a, a question. Stephanie, uh, you want to share your thoughts there? Yeah. I. Hello. I, hi, Stephanie. Hi. I forgot what my question was. I think it was when we first started. I think it was around um, success. It felt like to, this, your story was um, success allowed you to wear a mask. And when you sold your business, you had to kind of get in touch with who you were really were without that business. So I just wanted to ask you what that process looked like for you. I think- Well, when we sold Two-Face, we stayed with it. So we're still running Two-Face, I'm still there. And actually at that point, it was even more encouraged to become that guy. I, I felt myself disappearing in that moment. Now I'm on this huge stage, right? Um, everybody knows, I mean, you could just Google it. Like the whole world just came at me. Everybody knew everything, how much money you have where you are, what you're doing. He was so, and, um, you know, I just think it's so important to, okay, a great friend of mine, Marie Osmond is a great friend of mine. She told me once, never allow what you do to get meshed into who you are. And I had completely done that. And her, her, her voice kind of rang in my ear and I thought, you need to be, you need to have a, it's okay to have a character. It's okay to have like a game face. It's okay to have a business side, but you can't let the real you get lost in it or shrink. And that's when I realized I got to pay more attention to him. I got to love Jared more. I got to love that little kid more. I need to have faith that people are going to love him for him. You know what I mean? And, and give people the chance to do that. And now like it or not, I'm, I'm, I'm not two people anymore. I'm one. And um, 
it's caused some trouble, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy. So I'm authentic and I get to say how I feel. And I, you know, you know what I mean? I go at things in a much more real authentic way, but I'm happier. Thank you. Yeah. Very thank good. you. So good. All right. Hey, James and Candy are from Australia and uh, James, you had a question for Jared. Actually, yeah. Hi, Jared. It was actually Candy. Oh, oh Candy. Okay, Candy. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, Hi, Jared. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, I guess my question was, you talked about, you know, um, finding people who are willing to dance to your beat. And I was just interested in hearing, you know, what are some of the things that you look for and what was the kind of process and experience like for you? I need people who are going to be open to new ideas, to, to turning no's into yeses to to not continuing down the same path because that's what they know it but to risk failure to risk embarrassment to risk it all to create something new and exciting who are willing to do it when i need to do it how i need to do it um i you know oftentimes you hire people with huge resumes and big titles and they come in and you kind of that doesn't feel right but she she did this and she did that you know and you, and then you realize six months in, what the hell happened? Like, this is not working. This is, I, I'm, I'm unhappy. The product sucks. My customer hates it. Like, you have to, you have to have faith in yourself to understand that when you're a leader, you got to set the beat. You're a leader, and you need, they need you to do that. And to hire someone in who can't dance to your beat, it's, it's excruciating for them too. If I wanna, if I wanna send you an email at 9 p.m., be like, "Oh, I got this idea. What do you think?" And you're like, "I don't want to fix." Like, I get it, but that's not gonna work for me. You need to go work for somebody who's like, I, you know, and I know creative people like this. I wake up, I take a bath at six, I'm at the gym at seven, you know, like, and there's this thing that's just not me. Yeah. So you need to, you need to bring people in who are going to feed and and kind of fertilize that creative spirit and ability. And does that, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So good. That's so good. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, that's great. Hey, Jordan D. Witt is um, someone I met in Thailand. His parents worked there as leaders. Leaders. Uh, he moved to Canada. He's in, he's in some fashion now. I think he's doing suits and stuff in the Canada. Fantastic. Jordan, Jordan, you had a question. Could you ask? Yes, yes. I'm just going to be a little quiet right now because I've got a baby <laughs> sleeping right behind me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. That was soothing. It's <laughs> a soothing tone. Um, my question uh, was, how do you, or have you ever dealt with feeling unqualified? Have you ever been uh, felt with under, being, feeling undervalued? And how did you overcome that? Yeah. How did you deal with those blocks? Oh my gosh, like only two million times. And like I said, you just have to have faith that Oh gosh, so many times I was like, they're gonna figure out, I don't know what I'm doing. They're gonna find out I'm a phony, you know. Um, you just gotta walk in and do your best and absolutely give it 110% every time. And regardless if you succeed or not, you're going to learn something from it, which will help you succeed the next time. And the only really definition of being authentic is just being your true self. That doesn't mean you gotta have all the answers or even know what the hell you're doing but you can't give into it or give up because I feel like life's greatest temptation is to stay comfortable, stay with what you know, not go into the room because you don't belong there. Baby, I belong anywhere. And until you find out I don't, I'm going to stay in. You know what I'm saying? That's, that, that's just like how I went at it. And um, to this day, it's like that. Like, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll be in a situation where I'm like, how did I get here? Like, like, do, do they know I don't belong here? You know, like whatever. And um, you do, the cool thing is you do belong there. In the end, that's what you learn. You actually belong there the whole time. So good, that's so good. Hey, uh, we have a, a woman leader. She's an entrepreneur from Thailand in Bangkok. She's crushing it. Uh, she's one of the best in her sectors and her fields. And her husband uh, deals with a uh, soccer where he gets tickets for everybody in Thailand. Oh my gosh, my good friend, Belinda Carlisle lives there. She's her neighbor. Perfect. Well, Joyce is like, she's the person to know in Bangkok and she had a question for you. Joyce? Hi, Gerard. So thankful, I want to thankful first your message today is made me cry. So good. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yeah, I have question now. Me and my husband, we start to do the school. 
and it's so new, so it's not easy to to like let people understand. So I just want your encouragement. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, um, you're doing something that is is making other people better, doing good for other people. You can't go at anything. I learned just trying to get rich, just trying to get famous. Just you need to do something that services other people, that makes the world a better place. Those, that is not only. Not only how you ultimately become successful, but how you become happy. And I can tell by what you and your husband are doing that you're going to change the lives of so many people, and their lives are going to touch other people. And you're spreading, you're reflecting God's love and light with what you do. So, although it won't be easy, nothing great comes from easy. It is absolutely possible, and my life is proof that absolutely anything is possible. So. You just need to keep doing it. Like I said, learn from your successes, learn from your failures. You think you're going left, God's gonna tell you to go right, whatever, you figure it out, don't stop. Don't run a race where you're looking like this. I always run my own race, and while they're looking at each other, you're gonna go ahead. So do it in the way that you know you're, you're meant to do it. I pray a lot. I'll be like, Jesus, I don't understand this, but I know you do, I trust you, like, let's just move forward. And then the answers come, just things happen. So I would just tell you that you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do and you're doing it with the person you love and I do that too and that's such a gift and that we're, we're grateful and thankful that you are doing that and that that's you're there. Right. That's great, good encouragement. Um, we have a, uh, Ashley, uh, could you turn your mic on? You had a really sensitive question and I thank you for being vulnerable and asking that question. But could you uh, ask Jared? Yeah. That? Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hi. Um, so I have two sons, um, one of which is 12 and I have split custody and he came to me this weekend and told me that he wanted to start wearing makeup because this is my youngest, sorry. Um, he wanted to start wearing makeup, um, because he watches people on YouTube and influencers and stuff like that. Um, and so I didn't really, it kind of caught me off guard. I really didn't know how to answer him. What's something I can talk to him about or questions to encourage him because I don't want him to be discouraged if he wants to wear makeup. Sure. We have a Christian household. Um, we go to church. So it's just, I didn't know, you know, what to yeah. talk to him. <laughs> First of all, Christian household church has nothing to do with your son's creativity or, or, or what he's interested in. He can have yeah. both. He can have it all. And it's, and, and, and the beautiful thing about that is that you're going, you're going to be able to teach other people how to love more and that Jesus' love and God's love isn't defined by certain things, and that's a gift. But where your son's concerned is, I would ask him questions, what do you like about it? What do you think's cool? There are a lot of straight guys in this world who wear makeup now. It's a thing. You know BTS? Yeah. Do you know that band BTS? Oh, it's, well, they're huge. Yeah. They're like the Beatles <laughs> in Korea. Uh, they're all boys wearing makeup, so it's fashion. It's fashion, okay. it's self-expression, and then sometimes it's identity. It does not mean it's... Yeah, I just didn't want to, like, offend him by asking him if he's had, like, certain feelings, no, you know, you towards guys to. or boys. What are you interested in? Yeah, yeah. It's well, just, why it's a like hard it? topic. Yeah, yeah, just say, what do you like about it? Like, it's almost like looking at a coloring book. Yeah. What interests you in it? What do you think's cool about it? Why do you feel like this is something that you want to try? And how, how do you think that would make you feel? And yeah. then when you go into the world, listen, whether you're punk and you have a mohawk or you're a guy with eyelashes on, you're going you're gonna to get a reaction. Are you ready for that reaction? What, what, what is your meaning behind that movement? And I would just explore it. It could be just total creativity because it's, it's actually popping at a level that's fashion. It's yeah. popping at a level that's beyond what you and I define makeup about. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Girls wore makeup. Girls yeah. wore blush. It isn't like that anymore, which is so Yeah, crazy. the world is so different now. So it's like going into these topics. Like, because back then I feel like if a guy said that, there was automatic shame and like, they're like, no, you can't do this. You can't do Absolutely. that. And now it's like this world is totally evolving to something that I think it's more acceptance in that. It's but. almost kind of punk in a way where it's self-expression. You know what I mean? You're, you're, everyone's customizing their phone cases. They're customizing their computers. It's a, it's a, it, it, you're encouraged to customize yourself so you don't yeah. fade into the crowd. And it's also very artistic. And there's so many YouTube videos that it is just another form of painting. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank that's you. Great. Yeah. You're Thank welcome. you for asking, Astrid. That's very sensitive. Thank you. I see a friend named Antonio. I haven't seen him in a while. Antonio McLemore. Antonio, uh, this is the first time I've seen you. That you have a question or a thought you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah. I just want to just start, start out this dialogue by just so humble by this space. I think it's incredible. Uh, you know, just the first time that I met uh, Dave and just his inability to, I think, to think outside of the box. Uh, I'm an individual that I think it's imperative uh, that we embrace the diversity of humanity because in doing so, we embrace the diversity of God. Amen. Diversity mm -hmm. the, the fullness of God's power. So here's my question for you. Uh, um, you know, you talked a lot about rhythm. So do you have a, like a consistent process that you use and when you're searching or looking to identify people uh, who, and, and what's your process that you use uh, in the means of identifying whether or not they can handle your pace or your rhythm? You know, I'm, I'm very wary of good interviews and resumes <laughs> because I've learned that in my world, in my being, I got to feel something. I got to feel a connection. I want to look at what shoes you're wearing, what you did, what, what, how do you, how you did your eyebrow. Like it's so much more than experience because so many times true talent doesn't have a resume or did, wasn't given the, uh, the ability to do that. Um, and it, and, it, and it, you just, you just have to trust. Uh, oftentimes I make a bad choice and they're, they're not, I can, I, you can feel it almost instantaneously. This isn't going to work. It's not going to lift you up. It, you're not going to lift each other up. Um, but I feel like your gut in the end, you start, you start sharpening that ability to, to connect to people who are all kind of like-minded or, or feel the same way about things you do. And, um, I don't even look at really resumes anymore. They hand them to me. I really don't look at them. I talk to them. I ask them questions about how they work, what their life's like. What's, you know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's more about that. It's more about being real than it is about rear view mirror stuff. So good. That's really good. Man, that's so helpful as you're thinking about. Can yeah, I mention something Antonio? real quick? I, yeah. you know, I, I, love what, I love your response. I, I thought that was incredible. Uh, I did a case study. I just graduated with my MBA uh, in December. Oh, congratulations. And, and I might, thank you so much. And, and my first case study that I did in my program, I found that it was a study that they did on some of the top uh, 500 for, fortune companies. And yeah. what they discovered is 40% of the MBA hires, um, they, they are qualified for the role, but however, 40% of them don't have the soft skills to actually do their job. There so the days, right, they look the part, you know, yes. they do well but they don't have the actual soft skills to actually do their roles. I just thought that was powerful when you mentioned that. That was good. Thank it's, you. It is so true. And, and, uh, and the higher level you go, the more almost meaningless a resume is. <laughs> you know what I mean? In my opinion. That's so good. Yeah. Hey, uh, maybe one or two more. Tena Florentino uh, from Brazil. Do you have a thought or question right now? Because you stayed up late to be on this. You have to turn off your turn on your mic. I think it's off. There you are. Can you get that? Looks like, there we go. Now you're on. Yeah. <laughs> no, hi. I, hi. <laughs> I love your glasses. <laughs> ah, thank you. <laughs> I love your story and uh, you are uh, blessing me so much, but I don't have a question now, but I am, uh, my English isn't so good, but it's I understand. <laughs> thank you. That was nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. That's great, Tina. Hey, Jacqueline Nelson, I see you chiming in from Michigan. Uh, you have a, you, you don't have to say anything, but if you want to ask a question, I want you to feel free. I saw you engaged. Um, I would say, honestly, I was just going to ask, like, how are you doing today? Oh, I you're so like sweet. I many people ask. <laughs> you're so thoughtful. What a sweet question. I'm doing fantastic. And frankly, just being able to talk to all of you amazing, wonderful people and to have Dave bring me in uh, as a part of this fantastic group, it just lifts my spirit up. And I'm so... um just grateful to be a part of this. And I, if I can just leave all of you with one thing, I, I would just say, please, please, please believe in the good in one another. And we all need to stop 
looking for trouble instead of looking for the best in ourselves and looking the best in one another. We have to get our sense of humor back and just lift one another up and together we will make this world a better place. I don't want to go back to how it was. I don't want to go back to how it was normal. I want to have a better tomorrow and I think all of us together we will create that. Wow. Well, that's a great way to close our time together with Jared. You know, I, Jared, hey, I, I want to leave you with a thought, man, and our community. Because, you know, as you're speaking, I, you're a man of fashion. But what I saw given to you was, I don't know if leather means something to you, but I saw like a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, a leather jacket that was brown, and then you were wearing black underneath it. But yeah. the, sense, the, the sense for me was that, you know, he's giving you the ability to now be like this, this, uh, you've always had this wild side to you, but you've been very organized. But I feel like this is going to be the next season for you is going to be really childlike. And it's going to be a thing where you're going to feel like this cowboy that's able to, to pioneer things. I feel like this season is about pioneering for you. Um, Ooh, okay. I, saw, I like I saw, that. I saw this yeah. frontiering imagery, like frontier, pioneering. Oh, new territory, exploring new places? Yeah, I think it's places, but I also feel like there's these, uh, you've always had to find safety and certain rhythms. And I, I feel like there's gonna be new rhythms and new experiences for you that not only like travel associated, I feel they're cultural experiences. And, and they're gonna be people that, it's gonna be people that are, the outsiders of cultures that you're going to be connecting to and that you're going to be able to see because you have an energy where when you just see a person and you're with them, their lives are changed. And, and so you don't have to worry about what you say because I think sometimes you're looking maybe for the right word. It's you just seeing them and recognizing them will mean a lot to them. So Jared, you have so many gifts and Thank I'm really you. grateful for you and Jeremy, man. Thank you. Me, amen. Thank you. And I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Cowboy <laughs> yeah, Jared, I saw that. Let's do that. <laughs> hey, I love you, man. I love you and Jeremy you so too. much. Thank you so much. Okay. Guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Yo House Weekly Pod. Next week, we talk with the Ben of ice cream brand Ben and Jerry's. He is a passionate creative who is now spending his time on activism and advocacy. Have a good week.